The statements made in this podcast are meant to be taken strictly as opinion and not as statements of fact or evidence in the cases discussed. This episode of Scarlet contains graphic details about decomposing bodies and violence against children. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back, Scarlet fans, to part two of Casey Anthony. I'm here with Sonia Mizzleone. And I'm here with Brittany Sherman. All right, in part two of Casey Anthony, we are going to dive into our theories about the case, what really happened, and also look at the aftermath and what the prosecution and uh, defense really had to say at trial. So stick around and listen to episode two of Scarlet. I think that it's, I think something happened that everybody knows about and they found out at different times. I think oh, Casey was all the time. I think Sydney found out at some point and I think George may have found out at a different time because George is not buying the story as much as Cindy is. And George... Being a retired officer, I would hope he wouldn't. Yeah, but I think George was kind of a, like a knickknack. I mean, I'm sorry, but I really was like, I don't know. I saw George with this black mustache and this white hair, and I was like, oh, you know, mean streets. I mean, I don't know why I thought it was like a real, like, beat cop, like, like going out and kicking ass in New York. He's got a New York accent, and so does Cindy. Oh, or somewhere up north. And uh, so I, I thought he was like a tough cop. No, 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 no not, not, not at all. No, 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 for sure. Not at all. And you know, you see poor George on this. And evidently, one of the big things the jurors all had a problem with, which I did not see, was George on on the stand. George, I guess from what they say, was very evasive. It didn't seem yes. like he was telling telling the truth. He was telling, he was saying things that served the purpose of whoever side he was on at the moment. And, you know, I never saw that in any of the interviews with George. What I saw was a poor guy who had lost his granddaughter who went and tried to kill himself because he was so distraught, which is questionable in and of itself. I just, I, I don't know, the, his, his history, the way that it worked with his emotional state didn't make sense if he knew about it. Uh, I don't know. You, you, might, you might be completely right. I just, I don't. There's so many theories. Hell, I have so many theories just myself. I think that what you said, that they all knew about it at different times. I think that that's probably true, but I think the different times all happened before the 31 days. Oh, you do? Yeah. I think, it, I think huh. they all knew before Casey was arrested. You think that was just the last straw and they were like, we have to, we can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, I mean, you know, again, with any lie, like it comes to an end. Oh, it has to. Like your granddaughter is missing. Somebody will eventually notice in, you know, if you don't, you know, so maybe it was less of them saying, let's find Kaylee and more about just stop telling the lies. Mm -hmm. But then, then that whole six months where they're looking for that little girl, they're so invested in that, you know, like if they knew, 
why would they be so surprised when all of that went down? Like, that's the part that kind of I can't figure out is if they would have known anything or something, they wouldn't have spent six months running around with those t-shirts on with all those people. I mean, you know, they, they worked so hard at still, you know, working to try to figure it out. Well, of course they had to. Was what, it else, they- what else are you going to do? You're not going to sit back and relax while your granddaughter's missing. You're not gonna- well, if they knew, they would know she's not missing. And they wouldn't yeah, be looking for her that-, that hard. But of course they would, because they would have to keep up face that the... Plus, remember, a quarter mile from the house. Who better to keep the searches away from the house than the people that know where she is? You think that they knew where she was? The parents? I do. Really? Why do you think that? So, there are a few things. One, this kind of contradicts the whole Kaylee was in the trunk of the car. But the afternoon after George reported seeing Casey leave with Kaylee, George called Casey around two o'clock in the afternoon and had about a 30 second phone call. Why would George call Kaylee if Kaylee was at, excuse me, Casey, if Casey was at work? I mean, (laughs) well, he wasn't going to bother her. Well, yeah. And the report is that the prosecution even knew this and was afraid it was going to come out or planning for it to come out, that George said, it's taken care of. What's taken care of? The, the, was that recorded? How did they know that? Because the report is, it has since come out from someone within the uh, Jose Bias's office, the attorney for Casey Anthony's office, that Casey told Jose that she killed Kaylee, she confessed to it, and told him about this conversation because she had to be upfront and tell her defense attorney everything so that way he knew the best way to prepare her defense. What's crazy about this is a couple of things. First off, well, first off, did she told him that the child drowned? No, that was the defense to save Casey from a homicide conviction. What did she tell him she did? I don't know. Why, if she told him that she killed that child on purpose or on accident, but let's take on purpose first. Then after this trial, first off, they were also happy that they found she was found innocent. That's not guilty, not Not innocent, not Not guilty. guilty. Right. I can't imagine these people standing around cheering that this person who told them that she killed the child is very happy that she, she's, you know, they're, they're really celebrating in the courtroom. The other thing that's weird about it is right after that she was found not guilty, she went to work for them. They put her, I think if I'm not mistaken, she's living in their house or was until recently. the, The private investigator that was hired by her defense attorney, she was living with him. Oh, got it. Oh, right. And she was doing research for them, which yes. is just, again, horrifying because she's learning her craft. Yeah, but remember, it's legally client confidentiality. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, he I doesn't get have it. to say anything. Oh, no, I get it. But then how do you look a person in the face who's told you they've killed someone and then say, hey, come on over here with me and work? It's weird. Yeah, but <laughs> how, do you ta- how do you take on this case in the first place of an alleged child killer? Well, okay. I, I agree. I don't think I don't think Jose Baez took this case on as an appointed public defender. I don't think he took this case on because he believed Casey Anthony. I think he took this case on because holy crap, the notoriety. 
Well, let's go back to that. Was he an appointed public offender? Because if that's the case, she wouldn't have had to be paying no, him. For, I, for, no, for, I was just using that as an example. She but, was I, but I think at some point in the case, they did give her, uh, they provided her a defense. So why would she be paying Jose the defense if they made, they provided for that? Okay. I'm going to find You out. know how, you know how much Jose was paid, right? No. Okay. I don't know the exact number, but Casey paid Baez in blowjobs. Yeah, I know. I read one somewhere. I saw somewhere that he had said, okay, now you owe me three blowjobs. Yeah, specifically, she paid him in three blowjobs for getting her out of having to do a press conference. <laughs> uh, that's a lot of work. I would have just done the press conference. <laughs> <laughs> well, keep in mind, also, getting back to going to work for him, someone else in his office re reported that Casey was seen running around naked in his office. This is not a stand-up guy. This isn't someone who's doing it for the right reasons. No offense. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that guy. I oh, I imagine Casey, Casey running around proudly with no clothes on. She was, very, she was very proud of her body, that's for sure. Okay, so on March 19, 2010, the judge deems Casey indigent and meaning that the taxpayers will pay for her defense. So if the taxpayers are paying for her defense, I never knew that. Yeah. So I, I'm. Why does she have to pay you at blowjobs? Why does she have to pay him at blowjobs? Again, it's a lot of work. Like I don't, <laughs> you don't gotta do that. Like, did you see that guy? I mean, really? Like, I'm pretty sure she's got other things to think about. But I mean, obviously, she was also an egomaniac, and she, oh, absolutely, she completely thought that that's how you control men is with sex. I think that's apparent with her shenanigans. You know, and, and honestly, those lovely boys in Orlando who she was dating or date, whatever, I'm sure they weren't that difficult to please either. I mean, um, well, her boyfriend at the time, bar. I think her boyfriend at the time that Kaylee went missing was a really good student. He started dropping out of class to spend time with Casey. God, she's such a dick. <laughs> no. she, he's the Long Island guy, but he was also DJ Anonymous. And I thought he was, DJ Anonymous was the roommate. No, do you, no, they were a pair. Oh goodness, Bubba, oh, whatever. They, I think the guy's name was Robert, but they people called them Clint, and I'm like, yes, well, that's, that's a right, terrible that's nickname, right. sir. But whatever. Oh, no. um, but yeah, it was DJ. They and they promoted the, you know, and then the, the there's there's <laughs> there's a great clip of the, you know, we should find and share about, um, you know, he as he they have a recording of him announcing his. DJ event, uh -huh. uh, and it's uh, awful, awful. It's like you know, DJ Anonymous and Clint the blah blah. Oh, you know, yeah. for the I don't know some Friday night party. You know, hosted by Seduction Enterprises, and you're I mean, you're like for real, dude. Um, I mean, it screams of Long Island, which nothing against Long Island. They lovely people. Uh, Amy Fisher is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting an Amy Fisher name drop. Uh, I feel like this is a similar. <laughs> I know that Amy Fisher didn't really kill anybody, but she tried. And sure. then this, I mean, I'm not saying Casey's from Long Island either, but you know, these ladies with this, you know, like mentality of controlling men and she didn't even pick good men. No, no, no. Like no. Amy Fisher owns Joey Buttafuco, right? Yes. Like was that really worth it, lady? <laughs> Anthony, you know, was it was it worth it to get rid of your three year old daughter so you could go oh. live with your Long Island boyfriend DJ Anonymous? Like oh, man. really really people? Like, isn't it worth it to keep the kid alive? I mean that's what I don't understand. She, she uh, 
I, what, what reflexes me the most is this was something that didn't need to happen. Of course it didn't need to happen. It never needs to happen. The murder of a child absolutely never needs to happen. But she didn't, I mean, like when you try to go to Moto and you try to say, okay, well, what, what, Casey, in this moment, why did you go, okay, if I did kill this, this, my daughter, what would compel her to do that? What in this moment? Was it that she couldn't take her with her to her boyfriend's house? You know, was it too much of a problem? She had just moved in with them. Her parents had been keeping Kaylee the week before, the whole week. So she had been Kaylee free. So then she had to get her daughter back. And maybe she's like, oh man, I just can't do this whole, you know, take care of my DJ anonymous boyfriend and have a three-year-old. Maybe, but she could have just left the kid with her parents. She didn't have oh, the They would have happily taken that child. Of course she could have. And I think once we wrap this up, we're going to talk about what each of us thinks actually happened. But this is assuming that she willingly killed her daughter. She actually planned it out in advance. Now, there's a lot of evidence to support that she did. Yeah. There's also theories that are really viable. And you mentioned it before. That it was actually, it was an accident that went too far. Well, exactly. And I don't think it was the drowning. Because if that's the accident, then I think it would have been, she would have probably been more compelled to tell the truth about it. I think she must have somehow or another participated in this accident to keep her from telling the truth. Absolutely. And speaking of the drowning, while she was in jail, she was videotaped. One, lying to her parents, as we talked about before, (laughs) but also on the same day, telling an officer that that wasn't how Kaylee died. What wasn't? How, what, Kaylee did, Kaylee didn't drown. Did she say how she thought she died? No, but she did say that Kaylee didn't drown. Which then, of course, essentially went on to be the crux of the defense's case to poke holes in the murder charge. The problem is, is that she's like a crazy person. In the way that you try to rationalize their irrational behavior, it's impossible. So to try to make truth out of her lies also is impossible. And I think that's what the problem with the prosecution was, is that they were trying to spin spin this yarn in, in the way that she was. And they shouldn't honestly have tried to keep up with her. They should have, I mean, the case to me was pretty airtight. And they just, they went down roads that I don't think they needed to. Like they really, really tried to construct this thing with a chloroform. They tried to paint this picture, but they didn't paint the picture well enough because the jury just couldn't wrap their head around it. It was too much of a stretch for them to go with chloroform, duct tape, the body. You know, they needed something a little more realistic. And I'm not saying that that's not the way it could have happened because this whole thing is weird. And as weird as I thought it could get, it got weirder. And so, you know, like it's weirder. Yeah, I mean, it's just... I just think it's really perplexing. It's, um, and then how did, like, what's the possibility of her, like, Zanny the Nanny? Okay, so we've got Zanny the Nanny, which we all know Xanax is Zanny, you know, but how did she find a person? Um, how does she know a person's name that's a real person that's named Zanita or Zanida? Zanida, who lived like three hours away or something and had never met Casey. Yeah, like I how, know, how, you come, how do you come up with that? that? You would have had to research that. By the way, you say, as we all know, Zanny is Xanax. No, we did not know that. We <laughs> learned that while researching this. I don't need any anything to sleep. And evidently, it's a big deal for some people, but I, it's not my jam. But I get it. People are into Xanax. I did not know that Zanny the Nanny, and I did, well, maybe it's just Zanny. I don't know. Yeah. We can ask 
some of our drug dealer friends, but you know, I <laughs> speak for yourself. I, I don't want to be implicated I, on this. I, you know, these, all these guys, when they tell the story, her boyfriend and his friend, whatever, the DJs, you know, they're like, well, we all know that Z- what she meant was Zanny the nanny. And I'm like, was Xanax. And I'm like, no, did we all know that? And didn't you worry about that? If she told you that and you didn't care. And even these guys who did like, where, where were these guys when they were wondering where the kid was? You know, I know she was telling everybody different lies, but still at some point you kind of think it's weird, right? Unless they're, I think that she told them that they were over, or Kaylee was over at the grandparents' house and vice versa. But man, at some point, somebody's just got to call bullshit, (laughs) you know, go bring that child right now. So, uh, yeah, agree. I mean, man, I just, I can't, neither one of us have kids, but if... If we tried to hide a child from people that we were close to, of course they would call us on our shit. Absolutely. They would never allow that to fly. Well, you would also, I mean, we, both of us would also be way more distraught. You know, Casey was out running around really enjoying her life. She was getting tattoos. She was in hot body contests. She was having the best time of her life. And what's really, I I saw an interview with her boyfriend and I thought it was kind of sad too, not to pick on that guy, DJ Anonymous, but yeah he felt bad you know he was like he didn't he didn't he thought he knew this person and he didn't and then he really felt bad because i think at one point he had said to casey i only want boys i don't oh that's right he did say that and he really felt bad he felt bad that that he said that because it was very shortly after that that feeling went missing well let's back up a minute let's also go to the moment two or three hours later when they think that Kaylee was actually killed, and they're at Blockbuster. That's right. They're getting movies, two of the shittiest movies I've ever seen. I think what one, were of them, they? one of them was Jumper, which is a horrible <laughs> movie, because that Darth Vader guy is not, that's a... Oh. I remember, okay, right, right. <laughs> and then the other one was like, I don't know. I forget what it was, but it wasn't a good movie. But yeah, Both they were, were, were videotaped at Blockbuster video. Only 10 years ago. Yeah. Man, how times have changed. <laughs> Well, uh, thank God. I yeah. It's... I love Blockbuster. I do too. I, mean, I like every to talk Friday to night a Blockbuster night. I like Blockbuster because you always had this group of people who worked at Blockbuster who thought they were cinema <laughs> people, and they were cinephiles. Yeah, cinephiles, and they were so judgy, judge pants about oh, what you were doing, and then they would try to tell you their thoughts, which I could give a shit about, you know. But hey, that's how that movie Clerks was made, right? Like everybody wanted to talk. Of course. And then there was Hollywood video. I kind of liked Hollywood better. I don't know why. Really? I did. I don't remember why, but I feel like I like that one a little bit better. They're both gone. They're both gone? (laughs) May they rest in peace. (laughs) (laughs) They're both gone. (laughs) I don't remember Hollywood video very well. Maybe it's because I didn't really live in Hollywood. I don't no, it had nothing to do with Hollywood. It was in my town in Wisconsin, I remember. Oh, oh okay. This is a Hollywood brand, or a Wisconsin brand. Yes. No wonder. No, it was more than that. Anyway. I like that you have a Hollywood video in Wisconsin, and then you moved to Hollywood. That's right. Perfect. Yes. I and it. there was not a Hollywood video in Hollywood. Not that I knew of. Maybe there was, and I just never saw it. I was like a gutter with some tape in there. I mean, it's... It's not Wisconsin, Brittany. Not Wisconsin. <laughs> Hollywood is not Hollywood like you think it is. I know. Okay. All right. Back on track. I, I want to talk a little bit about some of the defense's theories and their attempts to poke holes in things. Of course, we well establish that their main theory 
Carly snuck out the back door. She fell in the pool. She couldn't get out. She drowned. Now, it was argued that Kaylee had many times been able to climb up the ladder out of the pool, but okay, sure, let's say that did happen. She fell off the side, she couldn't swim, she couldn't get to the ladder, she drowned. That's their main argument. <clears throat> At the exact same time that they present that argument, they drop the bombshell that Casey was molested by her father. There's no evidence. There's no evidence yeah. to support that. Why would you bring that up if your argument is that Kaylee died by accident? They were already trying to plant the seeds that Casey's actions were predicated based on abuse as a child. There'd be no reason for that argument if Kaylee died by accident. Yeah, well, I think what they were trying to do by establishing that, which didn't work because the jury completely disregarded it. Well, and the judge essentially said, you didn't present any evidence, the jury can't even consider it. Yeah, and for the for the brother too. I yes. think what they were trying to establish is that George was not trustworthy because they were trying to implicate George. They were trying to say mm, that George okay. participated in this. He grabbed the little girl out of the water. He yelled at Casey, what did you do? Yeah. You know, and accused her and... Then they sort of, he, he, I think he went to, off to the side somewhere and he said, I'll take care of it. Right. So, and that speaks to the conversation that they say that they had at 2.30 in the afternoon, the day that Kaylee went missing. George did a couple other very strange things during this time. He went to a hotel and he left a suicide note. Yeah, he tried to commit suicide. Yeah. Why? Well, I think he, well, I actually believe this part okay. of from George because George essentially, well, here's what George said on the stand. George said that he committed suicide because he wanted to be with Kaylee. Was th think, thought about committing suicide. He well, he tried. He took he, a bunch of pills. He did? Okay, got, he got it. He took a bunch of pills. So he said on the stand that he missed, Kay he wanted to be with Kaylee. He could not be without her. And that's pretty much what his note said as well. He, um, and he felt that he had really he had let her down and that he should have been able to do more to make sure this didn't happen. Okay. I and suppose I, that's fair. And so I, I, I think that could be a lot of things. I think that could, for me, it means that maybe he knows his daughter well enough to know yeah. that she's not capable of taking care of this child. Yeah. And he should have really not allowed it right. or he shouldn't have waited that many days to ask where the hell is she, you know, or just to be, maybe more of an enforcer in Kaylee, Casey's life and just not allow Casey to be Casey. At least you're because whatever with Casey and her crazy witness, but when you've got a three-year-old, when you've got a child in, in a, a, with, this is a life, you have to be responsible for it. And maybe he really knew all along that Casey was never capable of taking on that responsibility. Yeah. That's very possible. I mean, that must be guilt, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, of course. And that's, that's a terrible feeling. Well, that's it, what he felt. Exactly. I think, I think that the whole reason behind him doing that was guilt. It's just what level of guilt for what motive or what action. Yeah. So. Agreed. And I think that, I don't know if this next piece of evidence was really what spun the jury, but the defense called Crystal Holloway, who was one of the search volunteers to the stand. Crystal claimed to have an affair, uh, have an affair with George Anthony. I saw that someone yeah, had, right? Did they have an affair, supposedly have an affair while, but before or after Kaylee went missing? I believe it was after Kaylee went missing. And George, Crystal testified that George told her 
that it was an accident that went too far. Well, an accident that went too far. Like, is too far meaning death? Well, we know she died. Accident that snowballed, snowballed out of control. So, well, so what do you think that would be? Then you think, I mean, when you think of accident, because you've got escalation. What that means is that tells me there's escalation. So, so there's something that started small right. and escalated to, to death. What could have started small? If we believe the defense, she did fall into the pool and she drowned. And it was never meant for her to be reported as missing. And then it blew up and became this huge case. Maybe Cindy didn't actually know about that. I'm backtracking a little bit on even what I said before, but what if Cindy didn't know? She did call the cops and then Cindy reported Kaylee missing and Casey and George were left realizing this is just gonna blow up. And but it became she... national news, headlines everywhere. I don't know if I believe that George and Casey were working together ever. Okay. Because that's where I thought I'm, I have a, I just have a hard time with that because I feel like that if that was the case, she would have blown his cover much sooner. She wouldn't have waited to the trial. She would have said she, there would have been something else. Because why wait that whole time to not say that guy actually did it? I guess I kind of, I'm not going to to jail for six months to wait to tell somebody that somebody else did it. Well, I don't know. I'm not saying that... Well, I think Casey... Well, I I see what you're saying, but if Casey was behind it, or even if Casey maybe did the cover-up herself, maybe she found the body and she buried her in a shallow grave behind the house and then told her dad. Okay, let's back up a sec. Let's back up to the body in the trunk, or supposedly yeah, in the trunk. Right. Let's talk. Let's go back to what they found in the trunk. They found a stain. First off, it smelled. Right. They found a stain about the size of a body. They found hair that had the death band on it. Right. That's correct. They they pulled air samples, which I thought was fascinating. That showed evidence of decomposition. Yes. And then also some chloroform. Correct. So, and chloroform does exist, you know, in, yeah. in small, you in know. small doses. Sure. In household things. So. Right. Small amounts of chloroform is not the smoking gun in this case. Right. When it was found in the car. And you can make chloroform. It doesn't nearly have to be. Yeah. I mean. Lot. It's pretty simple. They could be homemade chemists. They search I, for it enough. It will. Yeah. Except I don't know if Casey was really capable of being. Well, even though she was, I don't know, she was pretty industrious. Every time I'm, I hear something, I'm like, God, really? But you've got, so you've got all that. What is strange to me is to, let's talk about decomposition. Okay. Let's talk about the body. Let's talk about the body couldn't have been, she couldn't have been dead before June 16th, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And then they called the police on her 30 days later. So that would mean that that body, could that body have decomposed to the point where it would have created that death ban within one month? Well, it was estimated that it was actually only three, she was only actually in the car. The body was only in the car for three days. But what three days? It would, could right. she have decomposed enough to actually have the remnants of decomposition Fair, within that point. time? Yeah, I don't know. You got 30 days total. Right. 
right? Yes. She, I mean, unless, well, and I guess if there's a stain and I guess if there's hair, it's likely she's not wrapped in anything. She's not in a bag. She's just laying there. Which Probably, is just I horrible. guess. Just horrifying to think that you got horrifying. a three-year-old little girl in a trunk driving around. I know. I would um, think that she'd have to have been in a bag. I mean, bodily fluids can seep through a bag. That, that's not really, if it's just like a trash bag, that's not really, I guess, it's not going to hold it in. I guess, but then, I mean, maybe, I don't know, in a month? I could see you. In three days, though. Yeah. I don't, but the body couldn't have decomposed that much in three days. It, like, right after, like, when did she have her in the car? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Did she have her in the car? Like, did she, like, June 16th, she killed her and put her in the car? Because she wouldn't have been decomposing that fast. We know <coughs> at least, we know she was in the car at least before the car was towed. And when was that? So, you should make me go back and find my dates. <laughs> oh my <laughs> we were well past it. <laughs> Hang on, hang on. Okay, well, I'll keep talking about this. Oh, right. you look. Yeah, because I, I, again, you know, I mean, I know decomposition happens pretty fast. It is Florida. It's hot as hell. Yeah, there. exactly. You know, but how quickly could have a, that stain, how, I mean, how fast, how fast does this happen? Is it possible that it actually, I mean, because if we can get rid of, if we, because that's my biggest evidence in my mind, is that you had a decomposing body in your car that had your daughter's hair on it, decomposing, and, and so you've got this, like, to me, the strongest evidence is really that hair with a death band. That shows that the dead body was in the car with her at some point. There is no doubt about it. Casey's car was towed on June 30th, two weeks after Kaylee went missing. And that's when they found the decomposition. Well, that that's when... It, the reason I say it had to have been before that, because Casey did not have access to the car after that point. So then, in, so then we've narrowed our period to two weeks. So we say between June 16th and then for two weeks between there, she had to have killed that child and she had to have put that child in the car and it would have had to decompose fast enough to be able to leave a stain and to leave a death ban. And I don't know, can a death ban happen within two weeks? I legitimately don't know, but okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm literally making this up in my head as we're going now. Let's... <laughs> I mentioned that right after, I think a couple days after she, Kaylee went missing, Casey strangely mentioned to the neighbor that she wanted to buy a shovel. Or borrow a shovel, not buy a shovel. And when was that, two weeks after? No, 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 a couple days after. Okay. So what if Kaylee had passed away, by whatever means, Casey may or may not have buried her in a shallow grave, because the Anthony's also have a history of burying their pets in a blanket and in a black trash bag in their backyards, backyard. So what if Casey buried her in a shallow grave, then realized that was too close to home and she'd be found, exhumed her, put her in the trunk of the car for three days, well after the body had started decomposing, but was continuing to decompose, moved the body to what became the marsh a quarter mile away. Oh, God. That's freaking awful to think that somebody would go dig up a dead three-year-old and move them. But I think she was desperate. Yeah. Well, I agreed. I do too. But boy, that's like, that's, that's tragic. Okay, so the decomposing body, we established that 
it was within the first 14 days that Kaylee would have had to have been in the trunk of the car. It's been determined that she was in the car for three days. And that was a forensic identification, I guess. So the question, of course, became... How did they do... So wait, how did they figure out that she was in the car for three days? Like they said, that's how long the decomposition... I think it was based on like the... Essentially, like, the fluids and the stain, mm. what was left over. Which, <clears throat> God, that's such a horrible thing to say, what was left over when you're talking about a toddler. But that's how I took it, is essentially based on the evidence that was left behind, that sort of evidence would have happened after three days. So someone must have been okay with the idea that the decomposition made sense in the scheme of a month worth of time or really just two weeks worth of time that they had to have that body, that body in the car. Right. Okay. Got it. If that, if they're good with that, it just, it was hard for me to think about that, but also again, with the heat and the moisture in Florida, it doesn't take much things to start, you know, rotting. Of course. (laughs) The cycle is much faster there. Absolutely. All right. So let's circle back to the trial. Okay. We've got Jose representing Casey. Um, at some point again, around March 19th, 2010, some judge, the judge, deems Casey indigent and meaning and which means the taxpayers will pay for her defense. Which is confusing because at some and some other document court documents, someone said that Casey and Jose Baez were having sex and she was paying him with sex. Well, wait, wait, wait. Depends on your definition of sex. Officially blowjobs. I'm sure it was both. <laughs> Uh, or all, whatever. So we go start going to the trial. We start talking, you know, Casey never went on the stand. We start talking with all of the different folks who they bring to, to call as witnesses. I had the impression that the prosecution really thought that they had won this case from the very beginning. Yeah, I think they did. Uh, and, and I actually sort of did too, because to me, even looking back on it, it's still hard for me to grasp the concept of her not being found guilty. And I completely get that they don't have, a, a, you know, essentially the, they undetermined death. They don't know how she died. But for me, duct tape near a body is unnatural. So if that didn't cause the death, having duct tape on or around the body, even in the event of a death, is still very, very suspect. Okay, here's where I'm going to play devil's advocate. And I don't actually believe this, but I'm going to poke holes into it. We think that the bag had been opened up. It had to have been in order for the guy to pull up her skull with a stick. Makes me nauseous just thinking about. So the bag had to have been open. It was in this marsh for six months. It had been through a winter. It had been through the rainy season. I would presume there were animals there. Well, let's go back a minute. Winter in Florida is about 84 degrees. So... It's not really winter. No, you're not it's not freezing. really winter. And you're, oh, not no, getting, no. you're not getting any winter really even cold. Of course not, but I, I'm more thinking about rain and the elements. I'm not thinking yeah. about the cold. I'm just thinking about the elements. Yeah. If you so that so if you think that it's, so if we can say okay if the something is is that she was in those woods from June 16th to June 25th, whatever she was put there at some point then that would be six months. And that's right into December. 
July is right around the time where you have hurricane season. Right. So your most rain is actually going to happen July, August, September, and then ending around October. And it gets pretty dry in October. So you would have dried out. If that area would have been underwater, in the water, um, if the body would have been in the water, it would have dried out around October. So you would have had a couple months where it was out of water. And then my guess about the bag being open is that it was probably animals. Because exactly. <laughs> there's a lot of animals out there. And, and raccoons are, I mean... They're still in the woods. You're still in the woods in right. Orlando. Yeah, that, and I guess that's my point, is that you're in the woods, they're animals, you're close to the side of the road, close enough that the meter reader walked over there to go to the bathroom to relieve himself on four different occasions. Oh, you'll get arrested in Florida if you do that in public, obviously. Well, yeah, so that's yeah, why he walked into the woods. Well, and right. I'm also not surprised that he chose the same spot every time. And the reason you do that market territory. Well, no, snakes. Oh, so in Florida, everywhere that you walk is some critter or something that can kill you. So yeah. if you're gonna, if I was him and I knew an area that had a bit of a trail and an opening, I would go there because that way you're not walking into giant spider webs and you're not walking into areas that you don't know. And at least you can see the ground. I mean, it was a. Most of the areas in Florida are overgrown on the side of the road. For him to find a clearing is challenging. That's not easy. So I'm not surprised he went back there more than once. But don't you think it's weird that he went back there more than once going back? He like, the body, right, the right. bag's still here. You know, he's like urinating. Okay, number, this is the second time. Third time, the bag's still here, walks away. Fourth time, bag's still here. I'm oh, shit, I guess we should probably check this out now. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, and, and do we know that he checked it out before time or did he check it out earlier? Oh, no, sorry, I was talking about the police. But yeah, we don't know that exactly if she if he checked it out before or not. Because if he truly found a skull the first time and nobody went out there, that's far different than a suspect bag that he reported. Right. Speeding into your point, though, about snakes, about animals, about bugs, all of that. If this is an area that he felt comfortable in, chances are he wasn't the only person that felt comfortable going to this area. So there would have been a lot of opportunity to introduce new things, such as duct tape, to the crime scene. Now, Maybe. again, I, I don't actually believe this, but I could see that the, the crime scene was tampered with whether right. or not it was intentional or not yeah there was a lot about it, it was not well preserved at all no. so i will say from a defense standpoint i think it is pretty hard to use that crime scene I, I think it's pretty hard to allow the prosecution to get away with all that evidence because there's nothing sterile about it there's nothing well contained no and but you know i mean the reality is is that death and murder generally aren't that concise you know it's never no, that well there's always there are always things that are going to fall outside of it and what you have to do is put all of it together and what makes the most sense because it, it, it's the it's the it's the whole that has to be you know the most the most sensical otherwise what's the point i mean you the chance of all this happening and her not being involved is slim to none but how it actually happened is what the jurors had a problem with yes you're talking about the whole and i agree with that let's dive into that a little bit more what is the whole what is in your opinion the true evidence that the jurors should have used to convict i think that the and and you know honestly i'm not sure i could have convicted her either and that's 
what's challenging about this? I we had the duct tape that came from the Anthony house, one hundred percent. Yep, we know that to be true. Someone in that house touched that body, or because that duct tape didn't go out of the house and float down the street <laughs> and then float near the body a quarter mile away. So I would agree that that would be very unlikely for yeah. sure. Yes. So okay. you've got duct tape that came duct tape. Come from, comes from the house. Got it. Proven that they use the same duct tape to put up the signs of her missing, which yes. is bananas. Then we have a, a garbage bag that also came from the house or likely came from the house. The laundry bag is the most important piece for me because okay. the, the mate to that laundry bag is in the house. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's That's a true. Bag. It like there's no denying that those things came from the house. Someone in that house put that body out there. Do okay. You, could it have? I think you're right. Well, absolutely. So whether or not they killed her on purpose, somebody in that house knew somebody, and it might have been Casey, and maybe it wasn't Casey, but somebody in that house knew that 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 child had died, and they put them there, right, in those things, and they put them there. I have to go back to the brother, and I don't know anything about the brother, so this is all you know in left field, but. The brother lived in the house. Did he? I think so. He was an older brother. I thought he was had moved out. See, I guess this speaks to we don't know much about the brother. Yeah, we don't know much about the brother. I mean, if you look at the people who could have, if you're in, whoever lived in the house had access to those things that they found with the body. Even if he didn't live in the house, he would have had access to them. He would have had access. So he has to be considered a suspect if he had connections to the house because those things that were found with her body were from the house. Right. So then you really got your four suspects. It's just trying to figure out who did what. And were any of them great witnesses? Not really. Casey, of course, didn't go to go on the stand, but she told her attorney many things and they were all over the place. And she was a phenomenal liar. <laughs> then you got the brother who didn't say anything. Right. For lots of reasons. It could have, I mean, how embarrassing would he even be involved I in I think it's weird that he didn't say anything, but, I mean, to his own credit, he probably did what he knew was best. Just stay silent. Did he, I mean, do we even know if he liked Casey? Like, did they hang out? Were they close? Were they whatever? I don't know. She was still at the house and he wasn't. Right. She's irritating to most people, so I can't <laughs> imagine that she wasn't irritating to her they, brother. I can't imagine they really got along. If he was probably really not. supportive of her, he yeah. would have been there in spite of common sense. See, because his parents were. He watched his parents go through this. Of course. And he didn't say anything. And, you know, we're not, I'm not saying that he wasn't there, but he was never present. Right. So that was a lot for them to go through without any support, mm -hmm. which is a bit surprising, you know, because usually, regardless of what he thought about Casey, and he must have, that was his niece. Of course. Yeah. You know, was, so there was some connection to that. He must have felt really bad about that or cared. He must have seen his parents crumbling. See, his father tried to commit suicide. That's why I keep going back to, I feel like there is something to, it was never reported until he found out. For some reason, that's to me is, <clears throat> it was all contained and then he found out. Where, to all of your questions and all of the points you just made, where was he? What did he think? Was he close with Casey? Was he close with Kaylee? Was he close with his parents? Was he estranged? Did he move out? Did, did he, was he living his own life? But why was it that Cindy felt compelled to call 911 only after Casey told Lee? Well, the only reason that that would be the case is because 
if Cindy knew, then she knew that they were caught. That's exactly what I think. Because then you've got the circle, which is George and Cindy and Casey, and right. he's going to blow their cover. That's what I think happened. But again, how do you have three people who think that nobody's going to notice a three-year-old? You can't, that lie can't go on. No, of course it can't. Like, I mean, even he would notice. But, right. you know, and, and I think that, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I just don't, I don't know in my heart that they knew that much ahead of time. It, their voices on the phone, if they, either they were phenomenal actors or they learned a little bit more along the way. I don't know. I think she baited them. I think that she, oh, she, probably she gave she probably... them just enough information to keep them caring about her. Probably. It, uh, she absolutely manipulated them. Yeah. I, and I feel like it just, the pressure got, the pressure got to Cindy particularly. And then ultimately it got to George when he went to that hotel room and tried to kill himself. Yeah. I mean, if you're, so put yourself in Cindy's shoes. If you're Cindy and your daughter, who's your best friend, who you've covered up the lie of the graduation, the lie of the pregnancy and all kinds of things, I'm sure. But now your daughter has finally revealed to you that she either participated in the death of her daughter or it was an accident. What do you do? What do you, I mean, like immediately, what do you do? Because you've got your, and then how does she not accept? How does she hear that information and not accept the KC must know where she is. How did they go for so long denying that she was a quarter mile away if she knew? I'm not sure if she could have done that. That would be a, a feat. Like, you know, to be, you can you can be supportive well, of your daughter okay. and know that an accident happened, but you can't let your granddaughter lay in the woods for six months and walk around with your t-shirt on that says yeah. Kaylee blah blah, you know, knowing that she's down the street. Like, I don't know if anybody could do that. Well, there have been plenty of crimes in the past parents particularly that do the same thing. I think of the Susan Smith case where she backed her van uh, into a, a lake with her three boys still inside. And then she went and had a press conference where she was bawling and she was leading the charge to find the killer. I mean, it's not unheard of. I know, but that would mean that Cindy would have to do that. I'm not sure I believe Cindy could. I believe Casey could. I don't know if I could believe Cindy could be so, um, uh, I don't know. I think, I think that a mother's love for her daughter will pretty much supersede almost anything. And she was willing to put on that face and cover up for her and do whatever she had to to protect Casey. Well, I agree with you. And, and I kind of do go back to that because these days what Cindy says is, I accept what the jury, um, the verdict of the jury, I have to accept it. I have to accept that whatever happened, um, you know, it ended up in the right, it, it, the jury, you know, made the right choice and it was probably an accident and I have to accept that. Right. She's very strong in her faith now. She believes that it was God's plan. And she even says that she believes that if Casey was truly guilty, God would have found her guilty through the jury. Meanwhile, the dad sits next to Cindy, about to blow his brains out. You know, his mom, you can see his eyes. He's got big brown eyes and he gets very upset about this. And he has a strong opinion about this. And I find it interesting that his opinion is so different than Cindy's well, because they're married and they sit there and hold each other's hand and on camera together, she'll say that what you just said. And then Jordan will say, 
Well, I think what I actually think is that she gave her something to help her sleep and she didn't wake up and it was an accident. Well, I think it's a lot easier for George to say that because if he was complicit in the murder of Kaylee or at least the moving of the body, the hiding of her body, then when Casey ultimately went to trial, the first thing the defense said was they accused him of molesting her as a child. I think it's real easy to say, I gave my life for this this woman, his daughter, Casey. I protected her. I did everything a father is supposed to. And now in front of the whole world, you're making up a lie that says I molested you. Oh yeah. Oh, well, I, I think that's unforgivable. I, I mean, it's, it's insane. And, and I'm surprised that the attorney, <clears throat> I don't understand the strategy there from Jose, whatever his name is. He, I don't know how that applied to everything else unless it was just to undermine George. And, and maybe that was enough. Sure. That's a strategy, I guess. But, you know, it didn't, it didn't help. Anything it didn't do else. anything. It, it didn't, did nothing. Nothing. Other than d- d- detract from what they were really talking about. Maybe it was just a distraction. Maybe. Yeah. But it, it was, it had, they had to have known that that would have buried their relationship. Yeah. And I'm surprised Casey, who months earlier had said that the best relationship in her life was with her dad was willing to do that. Well, we know Casey was willing to do just about anything as long as it served Casey. Agreed. But she chose George instead of Cindy. If you're going with that sort of defense, it's more logical that it would be George that would be guilty of that. Well, that's why I think that Cindy didn't know or she knew something, but she wasn't a participant in it. Possibly. So, all right. We know Casey's not guilty. We know the jury deliberated for 10 hours, which I've never been in a jury... When they tell me that juries deliberate for like four days, I figure how can you have four days of stuff to talk about? And then people say 10 hours is nothing. After we've been talking for coming up on two hours, there's still so much more to unravel. I kind of agree. I don't understand how in 10 hours they were so convinced. It was a jury of seven women and five men, but they unanimously decided that she was not guilty. Well, I think the tell for me was that they walked into that jury room after the trial was the, all every, everybody rest, right? They walked in there and they did their uh, initial poll and they were 10-2. So they were almost there when they walked into the room to deliver. 10-2 not guilty. 10-2 guilty. Or 10-2 not guilty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. 10-2 not guilty. Yeah. Two were still on the fence. Right. That is huge. That's Normally you're way closer to 50%. Right, yeah. I so don't, they didn't have far to go. No, and certainly the defense brought up some interesting points. They poked holes into some of the forensic science. They said that some of it was junk science. But ultimately, as we've discussed here, the prosecution couldn't prove that Casey killed Kaylee. Well, I think that was the big one for the jury because the jury clearly said you couldn't prove that he, she killed her if you couldn't prove how she died. Right. And that was, I think the biggest piece of it. I, I'm split. I kind of, sometimes I think to myself, if I was on that jury, could I have found her guilty? Mm, I would have had a really hard time keeping my emotions out of that. And the jury say the a lot of the jurors say, well, we weren't from the area. We were from another County. So we actually didn't have as much emotion behind it. 
I don't believe that necessarily because the emotion is watching that girl in of the course. courtroom. Yeah, I don't think that being a county away has anything to do with that. The no. emotion had spread throughout the country. Yeah. That was the county. That's ridiculous. That has nothing to do with it. Yeah. Well, again, I, it's a three year old little girl. Right. Something happened. Of course. Now, whether it was Casey or not. So here we are today. Casey Anthony is out in the world. She has a probably early 30s. Uh, K- Casey's 33 today. She has a booming photography business. If you are in South Florida and want your portrait of your child, Casey will be happy to take it for you. Did she really? She, like, she focused on child I photography? Know, I just kind of made that up. Oh, okay. I'm like, oh my God, for real? No, but she's, she's a photographer and... Is she really a photographer? Is she re- taking pictures? No, 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 she's really a photographer. So she sells photographs to someone. Oh, I, I think it's more that she takes portraits. Okay. People contract her to take pictures. Okay. Yes. So someone's senior photo that I see is going to be Casey, by Casey Anthony. Entirely possible. <laughs> Coming to a modern art gallery near you. That is amazing. And hey, you know, I don't, I don't begrudge her for trying to have a life after Oh, she the has to. She's 33 years old. She's... Still has to live the rest of her life. Exactly. And, you know, I'm glad that she has a real job. And I'm, I'm wondering when she'll go back to work at Universal Studios. <laughs> well, that is you the mentioned thing. Universal Studios. So the what I think is the absolute, possibly most fascinating thing about this whole case that I found. There can't be more is that Casey is developing a movie based on her life. What? Yes. With who? Hell, she's got connections at Universal. Oh, shame on these people. I I don't know that to be true. But it's absolutely true that she is developing. And I actually wrote this down for 33 years on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 10 of them were spent with this. The loss of her three-year-old is worth development of a movie. Well, someone's going to make the movie. This is the whole plan, by the way. This this woman was so egotistical. I mean, this is what she wanted. It was all about her and the attention. Well, we're eight years removed from the end of the trial. I find it pretty amazing there hasn't been a movie about it yet. Well... And, okay, also keep in mind, (laughs) she has to pay a lot of money back. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. She had to pay restitution on the fraudulent checks that she wrote she has to pay (laughs) the money (laughs) she has to pay the court fees because essentially the court said you're not guilty of murder or endangering a child but you lied to the police so you have to pay for all of the fees that were incurred from lying and leading detectives in the wrong direction and that was like $150,000. And she had to pay the Echo Search yep, company. exactly. She had to pay them back because they were pissed. And she has to pay the real Zanny the Manny, Zanida, <laughs> for... How is that name Com- out there in the world? <laughs> I don't even know. But compl- who was completely innocent in all of this. So she has to pay Zanida for ringing her into this whole situation. That poor woman. She had nothing to do with She didn't even know who Casey Anthony was. Yeah, but let's think about this. I mean, let's go back to that moment. How did Casey find <laughs> a name that made sense to Zanny the Nanny? Like, okay, God, did she Google it? Does she like, I mean, is there a phone book with Zannies in it? I don't even, I mean, how, okay. it, I, how, how, that's a I thing. Don't know. 
There was work there. It, there totally is. Okay, so Maybe that's what she was doing instead of Universal. So <laughs> developing this movie, and I want to read this verbatim because it is so <laughs> ridiculous. Great. It will be explicit and racy. Casey has been with a lot of men. There will be a lot of sex, but it won't be gratuitous. <laughs> no, it's for entertainment. <laughs> I can't wait. She will finally she will finally tell her side of the story. And now, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is like the biggest cliffhanger that we could spend another two hours on. It will also show the way she got pregnant with Kaylee. Oh, what? Exactly. Well, we know how she got pregnant well, with her. What do you exactly, mean? Exactly. Exactly. That's it. That's, that's it. Sex. It's pretty much sex. It's sex. <laughs> but why? It was. I. I I'm telling you. I took it word for word because why would you phrase it that way? That we we've heard the so, the the theory that her dad molested her. We also heard the th theory that her brother was DNA tested to see if he was Kaylee's they father. They yes. Were. And they were. It was both not. They were both not. Right. And. We don't know who Kaylee's father is. There are five potential people that are. <laughs> Get this. <laughs> it still gets weirder. One is a, fo uh, a former fiance. Three of them have died in car crashes. <laughs> what? Yes. No. Yes. She doesn't know any of them. She just pulled their name out of the obituaries. No. The, are oh, we sure she actually knew okay. any of those people? So one person, <laughs> uh, like the mother, came forward and said that before her son died, she admitted to it. Another friend he admitted to it. He, he admitted to oh, it. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Admitted yeah. To having sex with her. Right. Okay. And what, there's DNA there tested. Well, but he's dead. And she's dead. There's no DNA. Any? Okay. Well. Okay. Fair enough. But uh, the other one was like. Casey told a friend, her like Casey's friend, who the real father was. Okay. And the other one, Casey had a short-term relationship with. Uh, was that what we're calling a one-night stand? <laughs> Maybe it was a one-night stand. A short-term relationship. One of the guys was a one-night stand. That is, is that what a short-term relationship? What is a short-term relationship? I don't know. A one-night stand is a one-night okay. stand. A short-term relationship so, is like a week. So, okay, that's what I'm saying. It's still, we're 11 years later. It's still getting weirder. No, I don't know if this movie's ever going to get made. We know that people develop movies all the time that never go anywhere. Hundreds of thousands, millions of them never happen. I can't believe that this hasn't happened yet. This movie will happen, whether it's by Casey or whether it's someone else. This movie will get made because people are dying to know. And there are so many questions. Okay, well, let's talk a little bit more about this movie. This is how we're going to wrap up our, our first podcast for Scarlet's. So I say Casey Anthony. Who plays Casey Anthony in her movie? Oh God, I hadn't thought about that. Think about so, it. I'm I feel like this is Natural Born Killers, by the way. That's in Ooh, my head. I like it. So, so I like Brad Pitt and Julia Lewis. Is this okay, true. that's right. Because I think Brad should pay the DJ Anonymous guy. I uh, okay. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with I. I think Casey has dead eyes. There's something in her eyes. They're not human. And the only person that I can think of that has the same eyes is Kristen Stewart. Oh, oh boy. That would be a couple. Kristen Stewart and Brad Pitt. Yeah. I don't, I mean, Brad's single. 
What's that guy? Uh, uh, the white hair. I think it was on the nanny show. Uh, oh, I know. Who you're, I don't know like his name. Comedy guy. <laughs> that um, guy. And then the mom. Um, I feel like should have been Carol Burnett like 12, 30 years oh, ago. Oh, I was going to say uh, <laughs> Mayor Winningham. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very serious. You're yes. right. With that really bad hair. Yes. She's exactly. never had good hair. <laughs> she has. Really been tired. And I really like her. I know, I do too. She's she, like your friend. Like, she totally is. I I've had a couple phone conversations with her when I worked for her agent. Oh, you did? Yeah, she's Uh-oh. lovely. Oh. <laughs> All right, we'll get your phone colors with your agency on another podcast. <laughs> we will follow this episode up with another. Um, um, okay, last thing. I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. What do you think happened? I think that Casey... And I'm, and I honestly, I don't have kids, so I will readily admit that. But I have heard from more than one person that it's fairly common to give your kid something to help them sleep, i.e., Xanax or something else. I also believe that that is exactly what happened in the Madeline McCann case. Oh, that they gave because here they are leaving their kid in a hotel. Is that a teaser for the next episode? Maybe, but I do believe that this is a common thing that I wasn't aware of. I think that Casey was sloppy or she was, she was sloppy with the care of her child. I think that's easy to see. Um, because, in, but what I, again, I, I think it was an accident. I think it was a Xanax thing. I think that it got blown out of proportion. I think it got blown out of proportion because her mom delayed this in, in, in a way that was, again, very typical for Casey and for Cindy to keep pushing things down the road. And eventually, you know, I mean, of course somebody's going to find you in the lie, but if you keep pushing it, maybe something will happen between there where you can get out of it. But that's the weird part about Casey. She never got out of any lie, ever. And she still got away with everything. She still got away with everything. Yeah, every single lie that she told, she stood there in front of them at the very end, led them down roads, and then had to say, oh, I lied. Oh, I lied. That's that's horrifying. You know, of course like, it is. You know, why go? That's a lot of trouble to go to when all of that was completely unnecessary. She tried really hard not to go to a job. Yeah. I mean, I don't get it. Just go to work. And again, I go back to what was she doing? I think there's, I think there's something about Casey that we don't know. I think that to get somebody to multiple people to put bonds up for her to get her out, she knew something. I think this is bigger than Casey. I think she knew something about someone somewhere. I think she was either involved in some drug dealer's life or something else was happening. Then you say, okay, if it was bigger than Casey, she didn't have a job at Universal. She was getting money other ways. There was some kind of conspiratorial thing happening on the side. Then there kind of is a possibility that somebody could have grabbed that little girl and maybe taken that little girl hostage and because of something Kaylee, Casey did. And in that case, maybe somebody did take her and maybe Casey will eventually tell that story, but the story would be something that would implicate her. And that's why she's never, this is a better story for her to get out of it than that. She can't tell the truth, you know, because the truth in some way or another implicates her. So somehow or another, this was all better than that. So whatever that was had to be really bad. 
you really just punted on this. I asked, <laughs> I asked what you really thought and you wouldn't circle. I, but just, I get it. There's so much here that it's really hard. I just so, don't believe that she just, I mean, the job thing throws me. I'm like, what was she no. doing with, for the money? What was she doing for money? Yes. So, okay. I have had so many theories. I've come up with so many other options and ideas of what it could be. And I think that it goes back to my original thought which is one, it's ultimately the same thing. I think I'm right there with you. She gave her daughter, Kaylee, Casey gave Kaylee a dose of Xanax. I think she gave her too high of a dose. I don't think it was on purpose. No, I agree. She might've given her something a little bit and then maybe she didn't go to sleep fast enough. So she gave her a little bit more. Exactly. Or maybe in her haste to go hang out with her boyfriend and rush to Blockbuster to run Jumper. She decided, I'm going to put her down. I'm going to give her a bigger dose right now. So I think that that's probably what happened. I think that when she was arrested, she either had a slip or she made a calculated decision that she didn't fully think through when she straight up admitted Zanny the Nanny that was her way of admitting it. Now, whether or not that was her way of thinking, I'm going to steer in a different direction, or like I said, it was a slip up, because as we learned, Zanny is Xanax. I think, I think subconsciously, she let it out from the very beginning. And I don't think that her parents are innocent either. I think that both of them, in some capacity, whether or not it was within the 31 days that she was missing, or before it went to trial, at some point, they knew what happened, but they were willing to go to the end of the world to protect Casey. Well, they might, if, if you think about the possibility of the other person who could have gotten, who had access to the house and who had access to the material that was found with the body, they may also be protecting the brother. Entirely possible. Because... He had, he was the only one who had, other one who had access. Right. And he's the one who has been completely um, removed from this whole thing. Yes. And wouldn't that be a twist? Well, I, I do believe there's something else. And that's why, cause you look again, you look at those jailhouse videos with Casey and talking to her parents and you look at both, all three of their faces looking at each other. And when the parents are pushing Casey and she's looking back at them and saying, mom, and that it's that tone, like, you know yes, what happened. Absolutely. Why are yeah. you pushing me? Exactly. Maybe it's not about any of them. Maybe it's about somebody Maybe. else. And then in that case, thank God she was found innocent. But then you've still got somebody out there who killed Someone still out there. Well, and that's, that's the reality of it is a three-year-old died. It's awful. The, everything that the whole, you know, the whole city, the whole state, the whole country went through to watch this go down. You know, and you see other people get found guilty for much less. Absolutely. Um, and this happens to a three-year-old and everybody feels just terrible. Everybody feels bad. There's nothing good about this. Um, but I feel like that we all are missing something. Well, obviously there's a lot that is unknown still. It's probably never truly going to come out. Maybe, I mean, maybe it's better. It's not for us to know anyways. It's really none of our business. None of anyone's business. Everyone wants justice for Kaylee, and Kaylee deserves yeah. it. But 
feel those responsible, whether it's someone in the Anthony family or not, they know what happens and or happened. They have to live with it. And it's we're yeah. gonna move on. Yeah, I think that and then I in the future I would say the interesting parts about this case that, you know, could come out and it feels very much like John Benet in my It opinion. does. It's very you similar. Know, you've got Again, they kept the brother very much outside of this because, you know, you've got this dynamic where you've got the daughter and then the son and then the, the granddaughter. They're protecting someone. And if it's not Casey, who is it? And at the expense of a three-year-old. Yeah. And that's really what is the most tragic part here. All right. I think we're going to wrap it up. That is our first episode of Scarlet True Crime Murder Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you have any feedback, suggestions for future episodes, uh, hit us up on Twitter at Scarlet Podcast or email us at scarletmurderpodcast at gmail.com. All right. Howdy, guys. <laughs>